So we're rolling. Cool. We are live. This is You're Doing It Wrong with Mark Henderson Leary. And my name is Mark, and I have a passion that you should feel in control of your life. And so what I do is I help you get control of your business. I help that help entrepreneurs do that for lots of reasons. And part of how I do that is by letting you listen in on conversations between two people who have a passion for excellence in the entrepreneurial world and letting us geek out on some stuff that you probably already know something about. But this time we can hopefully get into some details that are specific enough to help you unlock your stuck spots so you can run that better business and live that better life. And so one of the most common topics uh, and the biggest issues to work through in entrepreneurial world is this concept, and if you're not familiar with it in EOS, EOS terminology, the visionary integrator relationship. And so we'll unpack some of that, but I'm really excited to have uh, an entrepreneur, an, a- an actual entrepreneur who has lived the uh, integrator journey, and we're going to define what the integrator is, uh, and, and a guy who it was the integrator inside an organization that is most known, the Rocket Fuel organization as part of EOS and Mark Winter's organization. But Casey Cavell was the integrator in that organization, which is so known for helping define the healthiest, best visionary integrator pairs and all the things going on. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, we're going to unpack all that. So um, I'd love to talk about this subject. And so Casey, how are you, my friend? Hey, Mark. Excited to be here. I'm doing great. So I know, I, I, as I realized I, I was sort of introducing this, um, it, was, it was kind of a mess what I just introduced. <laughs> and so, uh, so for people who know what the visionary integrator relationship is, it's, it's the questions of like, yeah, I want to know more about this. I'm trying sure. to find mine. I, am I, do I have I? All those things. I'm an integrator. How do I be the best one? Those, those all make sense. And the conversation is enticing. But I didn't realize that somebody might have been sent this link and they're like, well, what is the visionary integrator relationship in an organization? I thought, well, maybe... Maybe I'll just tee you up. Like, is you, do you have a simple way to describe that? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, I ask them this question, do you know who Walt Disney is? And most everybody knows exactly who Walt Disney is. And I said, well, what about Roy Disney? And they're like, uh, was that like his brother? Or a lot of them are like, they don't know who it was. And Walt was more the visionary. He was the person coming up with all the new ideas and he had the imagination and he was the big thinker and he kind of saw things further down the road. And he was like a connector of people and resources and he got people really excited. And Roy was the one to take that imagination, harness it and focus it and take these all, all these crazy ideas that Walt had and figure out which one or two was the one that we actually had to focus on. So Walt was the visionary, the one a few steps ahead, coming up with all kinds of new stuff. And Roy was the integrator, the operator, the person that was executing this vision and making that vision become a reality. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I use that example a lot. Um, and I've actually shown the video um, of him, of, of Walt sort of describing Roy's role. And it's yeah. such a telling thing. Like in like, a, like in 60 seconds or less, you see uh, Walt defer all of the execution to to Roy, who just kind of nods and smiles and like doesn't even say anything. Like and so <laughs> he's just there and he's like, well, yeah, I had to work on Roy for ten years to get this done, and uh, and this other thing we're doing right now, you know, he didn't, I didn't have to sell him at all. We're ready to go. Hopefully it works out. And of course, he's talking about Walt Disney World, which turns out to be yeah. a, an amazing success. And so it is interesting to to pick apart like the names you know and talk about what who are the names you don't know that were critical ingredients to 
getting those names to be names that you do know. And so the visionary integrator pair is essentially understanding if somebody's leading this organization bravely, who's the person who actually brings those ideas, helps make sure those ideas manifest, the execution really happens. When did you discover you were an integrator? Well, so I'm, I'm a little bit weird. I have a little bit of visionary in me and a little bit of integrator, or maybe it's a lot of both because early on in my career, I would go in and buy existing businesses that were already operating, but I saw that they could operate better. So I would go in and buy those businesses and I had enough visionary in me to see, hey, what it could be a year from now, three years from now, but I had enough integrator in me that I was able to put in the systems and the processes and drive execution to make that vision happen. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, at least at the start, you're having to be a visionary and you're having to be an integrator because at the end of the day, you can't just go and hire uh, an integrator right away. You know, maybe some businesses you can, but a lot of entrepreneurs are in a million or $2 million business. And a lot of times you just wake up and you just handle it. You just, you just figure out a way to get stuff done. And then you get to a point in your career where you're like, okay, I don't want to wear every seat or wear every hat in the organization. I want to focus on what I do best. So I found out early on that I could do both. And then it took a few years to figure out, you know what? I enjoy the integrator component of it. And because at the end of the day, I like visions, but I actually like seeing that vision happen. And I like waking up every day and leading a team and managing a team and creating that culture of accountability and making sure things get done on time every time. So yeah, I guess I just found it out by trial and error and just kind of doing it. And then, you know, reading Rocket Fuel and getting involved there, I just kind of, kind of clicked. Yeah, so there's a, a topic that's always raging, and it is um, when do I get an integrator? Do am I ready? Do I need one? Are we big enough? And um, and I, my personal opinion is that it's highly personalized on the ability mm-hmm. to uh, to get things done. And I, sure. I do see visionaries or even just, and just the leader of the organization who's kind of predisposed to getting things done and project management and laying things out in an orderly capacity but those aren't really the raging visionary or leaders they're they're execution and, and sometimes they have a great vision that they can execute on but they're either way kind of rare <laughs> kind of rare to do that but to flip that around every visionary entrepreneur day one had to get something done and they, they had to do it and they didn't have a team of 25 people they just they had their email and they had their phone and they had, they had their feet and they had to go do something and at some point it starts to run out of effectiveness and efficiency uh, what, what was your journey like figuring that out? Well, I think I just realized that, hey, me being stuck in the day-to-day operations of the business, right? Because ultimately I was an integrator, but I wanted to replace myself in that integrator role because I wanted to grow and go and scale and grow my business because I knew the only things that I could do were the things I needed to be spending my time on. And I realized in my previous company that I could hire somebody to be the integrator, but it was really hard to hire somebody to be the visionary. You know, to hire somebody to cast your vision and develop strategic partnerships and raise money and grow the organization was really hard. So I guess I just realized that, hey, I was running the day-to-day and I didn't want to run the day-to-day. And the reason being is because if I was running the day-to-day, it was preventing me from doing the things that ultimately drove the business forward. And yeah, so I wanted good, to be, yep. Good. Uh, making a switch is a real thing. You can go from one to the other. Sure. Uh, and, and I think I, I like the message behind that story because 
it's the it's the not both. It's either. Like, oh, I can sure. do both. Well, you can to some point, and, sure. and at some point, it's not going to work that well. And, and mm-hmm. I try to not to prescribe too much. Mo- I think most people think they can do it longer than they can uh, it, it, it early on. Or they've been doing it so long that they, they've known it's not been working for a decade, and they're like, oh, that's the problem. I can get out sure. of my own way. And so understanding that right time frame. But really, Gino was the first EOS style integrator. He invented the term into the model, realizing that he was the integrator in his dad's business. He had the ability to do that. Then he became visionarily obsessed with what it was to simplify uh, getting what you want from your business. And that be- he became the visionary for EOS Worldwide, which then pushed him out of the ability to be the integrator. He knew right away that, that I can't do this. I need the integrator on, on, on my team to do that. And so that's, that's a flip-flop. And so you have to have both. You can't do – it's not a flip-flop. It's a switch. It's a context yeah. switch of that. And so it sounds like you've, you've kind of gone back and forth a couple different times. Yeah, I have. And I like now being a part-time fractional integrator for other visionaries because I know what it's like to be in their business. So I have that integrator component, but after about 12, 24 months in any business, I kind of get bored because that's my visionary kicking in. So mm-hmm. I like going and finding the integrators that are true integrators. They're, you know, they're a nine out of 10 integrator. They love waking up every day and executing the same plan day in and day out. But a great integrator needs a great system to execute execute because when you're in a turnaround business or you're in a growth mode, a great integrator needs a really good system. So that's what a visionary and integrator have to do together is create a great system together and understand where they're going, understand what success looks like and communicate well. But yeah, in every stage of the business, you're always adapting and figuring out ultimately where should I spend my time as an entrepreneur? What is the well, so entrepreneur, that, let's define that for a second because I, I, I realized when I was thinking about your, your history and your your entrepreneurial roots, that that's not archetypical DNA for an integrator. Sure. It, meaning a lot of times when we, th- when most people think of entrepreneurs, they are, equi- they're thinking of a visionary entrepreneur, not just yeah. an entrepreneur. We're thinking of that slightly crazy, slightly uh, you know, manic, makes things happen, you know, might seem narcissistic or at least boisterous and outgoing. And of course, good integrators are kind of usually all, not always, frequently not that they're behind the scenes they're they're patient and they're execution and they don't they don't have that higher risk tolerance that we socially equate with entrepreneurship but that i mean obviously when we really unpack visionary and integrators a lot of nuance and there's lots of specific things but all that to say when you think of integrators do you disassociate entrepreneurial thinking or you say no it's entrepreneurial it's just a different flavor yeah it's weird um you know integrators are typically risk adverse they don't like and they don't love growth because growth sometimes scares them because they're wondering if we grow then how are we going to actually execute right right uh, yeah G- so, growth puts that puts execution at risk yeah yeah so a lot of integrators just get stuck because um, they don't jump and take the risk but great integrators know how to get all the information they need and put all the processes in place so they're ready to jump and that's where a lot of integrators they don't they never get the information they need to feel comfortable with moving the business forward or they don't have the systems in place and it's just 
you know, the whole, you know, ready, aim, fire, right? Versus ready, fire, aim approach. A lot of integrators are just, they're just getting ready for a whole lot of time. But a great visionary allows the integrator to ask tough questions and a great visionary is able to give the integrator the freedom to ask as many questions as they need to get comfortable uh, before they can go and take that risk or add another location or hire 20 more people or raise a bunch more money because that's what integrators need. They need information and they need a system and visionaries need to respect that because if you don't have enough information, it's hard to really make a decision. And if you don't have a system in place, the business ultimately won't operate efficient, efficiently and effectively. So that's where the visionary and integrator are at odds. The visionary wants to go, go, go. And the integrator wants to go slow, slow, slow. And if they can figure yeah. out a way to play off each other, they're in really good shape. So one of the things that comes up a lot is I'm a visionary and I need an integrator. And so we know we, we have to, what well, we know, I know the experience is, is the data has shown us that you, that you got to get that right. Uh, because the visionary tends to kind of be adaptable in a market thinking kind of way, but not usually very adaptable in terms of their behaviors. Like I kind of am this animal. And when I'm at my best, I'm not thinking hard. I'm kind of just being my visionary creative self, which means you got to match the puzzle piece. Like, if I'm a really intense visionary, I'm pro- it's not going to be to anyone's advantage to dial that back. What's, sure. What I'm going to need to do is get the integrator who can balance that out and can understand that strong pull. Uh, so that's a question we ask a lot. And we can add, we can talk about that. But I, yeah. what I got curious about a second ago was the flip side. I think I'm an integrator. Okay. Uh, how do I know that I have the right visionary for me? Yeah. And is that select, is it just in being inspired by the vision or what, or maybe not even that, just like, what is it? What are the, what are the signs if from the vision, the integrator seat? How do you know, how do you know you've got a good relationship with your, your visionary? Yeah. So I think whether you're a visionary looking for an integrator or you're an integrator looking for a visionary, it all comes down to the values. Like what are the values of the person? Not the organization. I think the organizational values are really important because ultimately, if you do have core values for your organization, there should exhibit the founder. But before I jump into any type of business partnership or employment opportunity or whatever, you really got to know who you're working with. So in order to do that, you got to look at the past and you got to dig down deep into asking the tough questions. Hey, what's your biggest successes? What's your biggest failures? What did you learn from those failures? Hey, who's been your favorite person you've ever worked with? Who's been your least favorite person you've ever worked with? Because if you can ask these questions, you're really gonna understand who they like working with, who they don't like working with at the core, the personality traits, and then what's really important to them. And if you're looking at somebody and they don't know what their biggest losses were or their biggest failures and they don't know what they've learned from that, you're not really looking for somebody that's really self-aware and really has reflected back on why were they successful and why weren't they successful. So I think that's important is who at the core are the people you're working with and that's all about their values. And then it's really what do they want? What is the vision? In the dream scenario, what am I hoping to get from a visionary? And if I'm a visionary, what am I hoping an integrator would provide for me? And trying to figure out, can that person allow me the time that I need to go do what I need to do? And that's, for me, the biggest opportunity that an integrator can provide a visionary. An opportunity to allow the visionary to buy their time back. You know, they pay the integrator to do stuff that they don't ultimately want to do. Or maybe they do want to do it, but they realize if they do that, it's going to prevent them from growing and scaling their business. So those are some of the things that I look at. How does, so 
again, from the especially from the seat of the of the integrator. Uh, there's this concept. My term. I don't know what Mark or you call call it if there's a thing. Visionary toxicity, which is basically some behavior that uh, that when left unchecked creates problems and and so it's normal like it's in i think every visionary i've ever worked including myself has some measure of that and that is something that the integrator has to be able to be feel to some degree immune to because it does build up it's like you know i the the visionary keeps doing this thing keeps biting off more than they can chew keeps getting really frustrated in these kind of things and it gets kind of irritable irritated or whatever uh, in a way that's just sort of natural to the change process that a visionary is great at and the integrator if if you have the wrong match, it gets worn down by that and gets frustrated and, and demotivated or, sure. and, or, or even damaged, actually, because it's almost like you, you want to assume your visionary is a little crazy. Uh, and so you have to come in with love and compassion to say, like, yep, there he is again, and it has to roll off your back. Uh, first of all, is that concept crazy? And second of all, how do you handle it? How do you size that up and deal with it? Yeah, no, I think that's typical. And you know, I think the most important thing is just mutual respect to make sure if you're in a visionary integrated relationship, you have the agreement that, look, I'm not going to talk bad about you to anybody else in the organization. And I need you to do the same with me. And then if it ever happens, right, we need to talk about that one on one because the, the team needs to know that you guys, if it's a, you know, a visionary integrated relationship, like they're on the same page, they're together. So that's really important. Just respecting each other. And if there is challenges and conflicts that are handled behind a closed door, you're not fighting in front of the rest of the team uh, because a team needs to see unity. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think that's the most important thing. And then understanding how are we going to communicate and work together as an organization? You don't need a visionary going down and managing your people. If you're an integrator and you're running the day-to-day of the operation, you don't want the visionary poking in and telling other people what to do, right? They need to trust that you're going to do that. And you got to allow the visionary to say, hey, let me know what you see that's working and not working. If something's not working, let's talk about it. But let me be the one to fix it because you need to go out and focus on doing what you're doing. And I think a lot of good visionaries are, you know, they're not even in some of these meetings because ultimately they should be out creating more opportunities rather than managing the people and the processes. So um, one of the... I'm mean, digging into the same question, maybe in a different way. Uh, I, I love to say that visionaries are almost always the best people in the organization to detect problems that other people can't detect. Sure. They can sense tremors in the forest. They can see things. The challenge is that they're almost always bad at describing what's actually going wrong. They, they can't unpack that, uh, that, that there is a process problem. It, it comes out as our customer service is going to shit. These people are idiots. You know what? You know, like, whoa. And so the integrator's job ends up having to be sort of to unpack that and say like, can we take a minute here? I, yes, uh, I didn't realize that that was the degree of situation and let's unpack it. And I can get, I can get some solutions to this. And so that's the polarity, but sometimes that friction can be sparks and it can be even, even behind the, the, um, the closed doors, like you said, yeah. there can yeah. be a real rage and frustration and an irrationality to that visionary. And so kind of my question is like, how, you know, how do you deal with that? And how do you say like, hey, you're a sure. good guy, but n- this is killing me. You're, 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 you're too irrational for me. Yeah. So we're talking about having tough conversations and 
visionaries and integrators are going to have tough conversations almost daily because visionaries and integrators don't see the same things the same way. So we actually follow a template. Uh, it's called the fierce conversation template, where if there's ever an issue, a challenge, something that's kind of happening, we promote having tough conversations or fierce conversations with one another. And we lay it out in a minute. You got a minute. Talk about the issue. You know, select the specific example that like illustrates the behavior or the situation that you want to change. Tell me how you make it, you know, how does it make you feel? Like what's the emotion? Why is it important? Like what's to gain or to at stake or to lose if we don't fix it? And then when you're talking about this issue, you then need to say, what is my contribution to this problem? And then this is what okay. I want to do to solve it. And then let your partner respond. Well, so I keep, and I, and I'm keep, if the, the narrative is not obvious to the listener, probably is starting to get a sense. Like the question I'm trying to figure out is, you, you and all your answers are, I love the about like how to handle it, but it's like how would you, how do you know when you can't? How do you know when you, you got one minute and I need you to focus on the issue and calm down? Like I've worked with visionaries like won't do that. <laughs> and they're just like you know go off and they're and they're using foul language and they're just too emotional and it's like do you assess that this visionary is just too crazy for the world like they can't execute or do they need the right integrator who can just sort of like yeah man I hear you this is this is total bullshit and and like and I'll give you 30 minutes and we're gonna and I'm no no problem we're gonna we're gonna solve this in a minute I know you yeah. need to vent sure and so mat- matching that real polarity of extreme personality at, at times and, and sort of and sort of saying as especially as an integrator because I think this is part of the problem I, I want to be able to give answers to the strong visionaries and I give them some answers depending on the situation I always want to be able to give a, a very powerful visionary an answer to like you're not broken you the last three integrators haven't worked for you for good reasons we can get you one and, and, and it's going to take some polarity to get you it's from practice understanding the right polarity sure. for you and the same thing for integrators who are like hey i think i'm an integrator but this is not working for me right now like i feel a little worse every day than the last time i i, I did this and i i want out of this i maybe i'm not the right match for this person or maybe i'm not gunned for this business or i don't have the right skills or maybe i'm not, maybe next year i'll be at another level how does somebody understand kind of like when it when it works and when it doesn't especially especially from that integrator seat yeah so i think you know if you're a visionary and you're looking for your right hand person and you've burnt through a couple integrators you really got to look at well why was it mm. they weren't a fit value wise like they were just not a core value fit or were they just not good at their job or was it what most people say a personality conflict right well what is a personality conflict right it's mismanaged expectations and i feel a lot of visionaries don't have clear and consistent expectations with their integrator that are actually attainable and achievable because visionaries think everything can happen really quickly and good things take time and we have to slow them down but i think what you mentioned earlier mark about you know visionaries that won't sit down and calmly express their issue like they're just not mature leaders that is what it is if you want somebody just to go on a rampant tangent and just start pointing blame and saying this is broken this is broken why is this happening well what's their part of it and that's where that conversation allows them to say okay all these things are broken you're yelling at me as the integrator or the leadership team well mr or mrs visionary like what's your piece of this did you do anything 
okay, well, I'm here to fix it. And when I see people getting frustrated or been out of shape, like it's totally normal because business is their life. I mean, it's part of who they are and what they do. And I think that's really dangerous because when business is like part of who they are, business isn't ultimately going to go great. Like a lot of the time, things aren't always going to be perfect and you don't want that to impact you. So I think it's really important for people to separate the business, um, the identity of the business away from their identity as a person, because people are so wrapped up in their identity being in their business. When things don't work out well, it says negative things about who they are as a person. And I know that's not true. I think we're all sitting here trying to do a great job. And when things aren't working, I don't know if it's anybody's fault, but we need to open up and have open and honest conversations of, well, why is this happening? And uh, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what I would say around around that subject. Yeah, I think, I think that makes sense. So in my experience, there, and I tell people early on in the process that they're gonna work with me, I say, look, you know, these tools we use, they work. They always work. They're based sure. on timeless principles. Like there's no, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't uh, in terms of the tools themselves. What, what doesn't work is when we get stuck, do we, are we able to look in the mirror? And, see, and so there's a fine line. If you're a visionary, you have to ask the question, is this the wrong person in the wrong seat? Uh, and, and, and if that's the case, we got to deal with that. And visionaries like myself are really bad at having patience to get to do the management side of that and so we put wrong people in seats all the time and so that's something we have to okay i did it again and that's i'm sorry for everyone who's taking in damage from that but that is a result that is mine i'm going to own that uh and and that is one side of the problem that is different than i want to be my best and i want to be free and and be myself but am i doing things that are in my own way of my own pursuits? Am I staying too emotional for, for issues? Do, do I need to meditate more? Do I honestly need medication? Sure. That's a real thing. Like I'm not making light of that. Many sure. very inspired uh, uh, visionaries have some medication in their world because they, that's, that's what they need. Uh, that's not, I'm not saying everybody needs to do that, but like that's sometimes that's, sure. you have to look in the mirror. Who am I? What, what do I need? And you sure. need to be healthy enough yeah. to be the best best version of yourself as a visionary and I think that's real you get you got to have really good coaching really yeah. good advisors in your in your corner who can reflect back to you that are you are your behaviors really in alignment with your desired outcomes are your intentionalities sure. synced up because we have most of us I certainly have a whole host of behaviors that that are habitual unconscious or whatever that when reflect back to me say hey is that really what you wanted to happen not not really okay I can work on that it, it's it's high stakes the flip side is true as well for the integrator you're in a spot hey uh, this is what I need this is what I need from you. I need to be able to have a calm conversation with you. So if you can't have a calm conversation with me at 2 o'clock, can you have one at 3? Because yeah. I can be there at 3. Sure. And if you can't, then I, I probably can't help you. You need to do some work, or maybe not. I just know that I can't help you. So I really encourage integrators, really anybody on the leadership team, to get super selfish with what the ingredients they need to have to be successful. To, so, to, and that's the needs and wants like you know do i want the comfortable chair or do i need to have access to whatever so what, what needs are things that are formulaic inputs to great outcomes right so feel very very empowered as an integrator as a leadership team member to say this is what i need and how you justify a need is finish the formula i need this from you in order to get 
X. And, and, and if that's what you want, that's great. If you're fine, if you want that profit number to get hit, this is what I'm going to need. If you can't give me that, I'm not going to be able to give you that profit output. It's, and I can't get, I, I need this from you for me to feel good about showing up at work is a very, very valid need. <laughs> And so, um, again, it's that selfishness and is, I think, what really helps integrators get clear on that. Uh, and I don't think they're always uh, taught that that's okay. Yeah. No, I mean... Do you encourage that for people? How did you, how did you manage the, the boundaries of needs? I mean, you've worked with some visionaries and you are a visionary. How do you, how do you deal with that? Well, let me... Can I go back to a point you just made, Marco, which I thought was really good? As you were... As you were kind of asking around, you, you kind of brought up, well, that's where you need coaching. And that's where I think a lot of visionaries, they're at the top and it's lonely at the top because one, people aren't truly honest with you. They're scared of you. Unless you allow people to feel comfortable being around you and giving you open and honest, true feedback. Because if you're the owner of an organization, if you got an employee coming to you or even your integrator coming to you, like if they come with you at, with challenge, or start telling you and having that fierce conversation of, hey, this is the issue and this is what you're doing. This is how it's making me feel. And if you don't change it, like they're thinking they could get fired. So a lot of times visionaries don't get the true story. And that was my story early on when I was starting businesses. The employees were, were scared when I walked into the building because I was on. I was always looking for the things that were wrong rather than celebrating the things that were right. And at that time in my career, I was in my early 20s running a decent sized business. I wasn't humbled enough to sit there and listen to what other people said. And I wasn't smart enough to bring a coach or an advisor in that already walked the path that I wanted to walk that would ask me tough questions that nobody would ask me. So that's the main thing I think visionaries have to really get is somebody on their team and it's probably not their integrator. And that's why, you know, our company, Legacy 412, we talk about there's a cord of three strands that you need to grow and scale a business. You need the visionary, you need the integrator, but sometimes you need that missing person to help you be that advisor, that person to ask the tough questions, to push on you because nobody else is going to push if you're the owner. That's just the way it is. Even if you have a really savvy, emotional integrator, it's still tough. And how I know that is because I've been that person. It takes somebody with great courage and great maturity to to be willing to go there. So I think that's really important. And then, you know, last week I was at a conference called VCon and it was about a Web3 NFT conference. Gary Vanderchuk ran it and had an opportunity to talk to Snoop Dogg. So the question was asked, random, right? The question was asked like, you know, why are you so successful? And I always like to ask that to people like, how have you achieved what you've achieved? He goes, I didn't get so successful that I wasn't able to shut up and listen to other people. Because I think that's what a lot of people do. They're successful, they've made some money, they got a business or a CEO, an owner, but they're just not sitting there listening. They're just doing and telling rather than listening. And I think you have to solve that no matter what role an organization you're in, you have to sit there and literally shut up and listen and be willing to allow people to be truthful with you and keep encouraging that authentic transparency. Yeah, and it's a complex equation. I agree 100%. The passionate, and this passionate visionary, and I've been that guy, I am that guy. Uh, When I get going, like the intensity gets high and so the stakes feel high to challenge and they are and I say you don't understand why why would you say that no I've already thought that through that no we're not going to go the other direction and so that's exactly a perfect example 
of one of those behaviors that doesn't serve my outcome. You know, I'm trying to create something, and so I need to create something with the truth and access to the all the obstacles and, and better ideas along the way. And it, early on in my life, I realized that, that if I came too strong and too enthusiastic, thinking I was leading the organization with passion, I was actually shutting down feedback. And so as you sure. get more successful and, and the, the you start writing more and more checks to more and more people in your organization, your impact and influence goes up uh, and you know your business even more. So the opportunities to learn on a tr- per t- transaction a per minute basis start going down. You start collecting more and more information. You've, you, your, the bucket is getting full of information. So the nuggets per hour, like in the early days of running the business, you're getting like 10 nuggets a minute. Like everything is a learning experience. So 20 years in the business, it's like a nugget per month. I don't know. Yeah. And so you, you're, you have to really get good at seeking feedback and inviting feedback because it's 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 rarer you're going to miss it people want to give it to you less and so it, i i think it's like a tractor pull and you the, the more successful you are the more you have to really double down on saying like how am i getting more insight to what i'm doing and what's working and what's not because it's not just about ascending the mountain it's about being ready to handle the coming storm, right? So it's like, it's, you know, if you want to get higher and higher in the mountain, that gets harder by itself. But like, if, you know, if no one's going to tell you that the storm is coming because they are afraid to offend you, like you could get really sure. damaged. Yeah, I agree completely. How do integrators l- learn to, well, I, I like the, the quarter three strands approach, having that advisor, but that I, I just don't think that it works if you don't have some degree of mutual, like you said, mutual respect. You sit down and the, like, I, I need to be able to, f- to give you feedback, visionary. I need you to take me seriously. I need to be the tiebreaker. I need you to understand that I'm actually the one who's accountable for execution. And if we fail to, fail to execute, that's when you fire me. But, it, sure. but until we execute, you have to trust my decision about where we're, how we're moving forward. Yeah. That's a, and that's a very sophisticated thing. You know, that, yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't, don't, as a visionary, step on my toes before we've executed. Sure. Like, like, you don't like my idea, I, I, but I need to be, have some authority to execute. And, and that's hard to, to, to balance sometimes. Yeah. Well, you, you just got to simplify the business and, you know, using tools like EOS when they teach you about rocks, like these are the key 90 day priorities. And a lot of visionaries like to pivot and change halfway through or five days into the quarter where it's like, hey, all right, well, now this is the priority. When if you run EOS the right way and you're setting quarterly rocks and it's like, these are the things we're focused on for the next 90 days. And you got the visionary coming in with new things that they want to keep doing. It's okay, well, if you want to do that, well, then this priority won't get done. So I think that's really important to have a system in place that allows you to really understand what are the key things that we must accomplish this quarter and then week in and week out, if there's new ideas or thoughts or things that come up from the, the visionary or issues that need to be solved, you do that one-on-one and then you decide, hey, do we, do we need to solve this this week or is this a long-term issue that we need to solve? And then for me, it's if you have the right quarterly priorities and rocks and you have a good solid scorecard, you have data that's telling you if you're doing a good job. And that's where I think a lot of visionaries, they always think things aren't getting done. So as, a, as an integrator, you have to show them that things are getting done each week, the progress of the rocks, and the scorecard matters. If you have the right data or the right KPIs that are showing you what's working and what's not working, you're giving your visionary a report. You know, I'm a big baseball guy and sports fan. I know who the best player is on the baseball teams that I've coached 
right, and played on. All you have to do is look at the stats. The people that aren't producing, you trade them, you release them. At the end of the day, you replace them with somebody else that's doing a great job. But if I'm a coach or an owner of that team, the owner doesn't have to be at every baseball game to see who's doing a good job. All they need to read is the box score at the end of the game. And if you as an integrator are able to provide actual tangible data and stats and numbers to show them who's doing a good job, who's not doing a good job, and then show them if you need something, this is what we need, but this is going to improve this metric, you're in really good shape. Well, I think there's a lot to that. And I think that the proof points or the landmines is probably a better metaphor. If your organization is mature enough and you've got that data, then you can sort of take a minute or an hour or a week and sort of a month sure. maybe even sure. maybe even a quarter in certain organizations to kind of lay out here's what execution looks like and here's the here's progress and we're going to have on a weekly basis some trends that like things are happening as planned and I'm handling the obstacles and that's great if you're there some organizations an impatient visionary on day one well we don't have as much mature process and so measuring trends or maybe we're not even clear exactly what we want yet we're, we're, we're testing out new markets or we're we're dealing with a new economy and we're doing different things that, that we don't have the benchmarks the same way and it becomes very difficult to say hey can you trust me and find that balance of an integrator who may not know who may really need the visionary to lead the thinking on this and, and sort of, st- I, th- I really do think that's the case. I think there are sometimes where the visionary has to say, thanks for the feedback, but like this is, this is uncharted territory and that's my superpower. Like I can see around the corners and I'm going to help us make the plan or, or at least the obje- set the objectives and you're going to get reoriented to kind of these things and you're going to continue to execute. And so I think it's a real fine line of like, I need to, I need to kind of be clear about the vision and, and, what we're doing and then the, then the integrator has to say okay cool then we're gonna take some steps forward and we're gonna take some we're gonna stub our toe a little bit we're gonna try to measure some things and we're gonna see if that's the stuff that needs to be measured and that's a hard patience game for a visionary to sort of wait for that stuff to unfold but it has to be the commitment of both parties especially the integrator because the integrator is the one's gonna have to unpack that and say like this is the scorecard these are the processes that we're betting on and, and we're gonna flesh them out we're gonna iterate them and I'm gonna keep bubbling up the information and I'm gonna commit to make sure you're plugged in every single week in the level 10 and certainly dig in and get you really comfortable at our same page meeting once a month, uh, and but that and I think that, that that integrator has to have the confidence and commitment that that's their job to keep trying and iterating. That like, look, I got to show you what makes you feel comfortable, and if they get kind of blown out of the way by a very passionate impatient visionary and they just sort of get into the mode of like whatever you say boss like it's a it's a it's a downward spiral into into very bad outcomes sure yeah no completely agree do you as a fractional you you ever get uh connected with visionaries and you're like man no way you're nuts yeah all the time (laughs) so how do you know how do you know this person's nuts i know the questions to ask and after seeing enough sane visionaries that are open-minded growth-minded and willing to try things differently like you can tell pretty quickly if somebody truly is open-minded how much they talk versus how much they listen right is pretty important and really understanding like what do you want as a visionary like where do you want to spend your time what could an integrator do for you wave me a magic wand an integrator comes in what problems do they solve 
What role would you want them to play? Because for me, you know, it talks about, you know, in the book Rocket Fuel, the readiness factors. One's financial. They got to be willing to pay the money. And two, they got to be psychologically ready to let go of the vine. And in order to do that, it takes time. And they've probably been burnt in the past. They've been lied to. They've been cheated. They've been stole from, right? They've been let down. So we, you know, know the questions to ask to dig into their past because a lot of people aren't ready. I mean, this is like a business marriage, right? And even if you look at, you know, just getting honest, you know, uh, marriages in general, right? Marriages in general, the divorce rate is high. And the divorce rate is even higher the second time around and higher the third time around because people don't learn and they don't understand. They just think the other person was the problem and they don't truly understand what their part was in that. And we go into situations where we always ask them, have you ever had an advisor in the past? Okay, you have? Did it work? We dig down deep into, well, why didn't it work? Have you ever had an integrator in the past? Why didn't it work? Because ultimately the visionary is the majority of the time, the problem, but they're also the solution. So if they're really willing to sit down and understand and own the things in the past that haven't worked and respect that and decide, all right, well, what are we going to do next time differently to ensure there's a different result? I think you're in really good shape because we just live in that culture where you're pointing the finger out versus pointing the finger inward. And if you're able to do that and set up clear expectations and put them on paper and manage those expectations on a weekly basis, you're going to be that much more um, you know, set up for success. You ever find anybody who starts the conversation and they don't seem ready and then a year or two later they've gotten it figured out? Meaning gotten it figured out. Yeah. figured out. Not figured out. But they, they, they kind of get their house in order and they're like, ah, I see what I was doing and I'm open and I'm ready now and, I, and, and they actually are. Sure. I was that guy. I mean, early on, um, people came in, consultants, advisors came in and say, hey, Casey, what about this? What about this? I can help you here. And I'm like, I got this. And it wasn't until truly I was burnt out. I was, I was burnt out and I was at rock bottom. And that's where a lot of people have to get to ask for help. They've realized they've hurt enough. They've experienced a lot of pain or they've heard it enough from other people that it's like, hey, you need to do something different. So a lot of people don't change until they've experienced a tremendous amount of pain. And if you look at it, there's more pain pills sold than there is vitamins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People, people want to solve that rather than really preventing it. But wise visionaries, entrepreneurs, integrators seek wise counsel knowing that that's the best investment they'll ever make. And yeah, a lot of time they, we talk to them today and then they'll come back a year from now and say, hey, I'm ready. And that's okay because not everybody is ready right now to make the financial investment and or the psychological investment to truly trust somebody else with managing their people and managing their processes. But I know that if they do it the right way, um, you know, they'll be better for it. You said something a second ago that maybe you're think of the vari- variations of how an integrator manifests uh, and some people have very well I don't know I think the de- I don't know if the definitions because I know which ones really execute really well um, at the highest level but when we're scaling up sometimes we're doing something to sort of bridge our way which a fractional is part of that right we know that a full time bought in culturally integrated integrator is the best outcome but not everybody can kind of start there sure. but part of figuring out the integrator question is, what do I mean? What do I mean? I mean, we know what the book says, uh, and it's it's got a lot of foundational truths, but then when you, when you get into the puzzle piece, piece, uh, then there's some real specificity. Sort of ex- describe some 
attributes, positions, roles of integrators at each end of the spectrum and maybe somewhere in the middle. So in terms of like the full-on chief operating officer type individual who really runs the organization is really a president, maybe a sure. president type person who has got, sure. you know, really can run every aspect of the business versus the opposite. So, you know, what, when you're helping somebody and talking it through, you know, what are the sort of archetypes that you're fleshing out? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the term integrator, you're integrating the major functions of the business. So how much are you doing? You're doing a lot less than you are managing and ensuring the things are getting done on time every time. So you're leading, you're managing, and you're creating that culture of accountability. So I see an integrator of just making sure everybody's clear on what success looks like and having clear measurables and deliverables and ensuring the team has the tools and resources they need to be successful. So a great integrator in a $10 million business looks different than a great integrator in a $2 million business because a smaller the business, the more active things that the integrator might have to do because, you know, Oftentimes, the integrator is also the head of operations or they're in another seat in the organization. But an integrator at their finest, they got a great person that's in charge of marketing, which is all about getting people to raise their hand and say they're interested. Sales, closing the deal, operations, fulfilling the service and finance, counting the money and making sure we got good budgets. So a great integrator really truly is making sure those people have the tools and resources they need. They know what success looks like. Success is happening on a weekly basis. They're removing the issues and roadblocks and barriers that they need to be successful. And each week, the team's reporting on what's working and what's not working based on their scorecard and they're picking the right rock. So a great integrator, and that's where a part-time person can do a great job if you have good leaders in the other seats in the organization. So, you know, that's ultimately what I look at of what a great integrator provides. And then it's working with the visionary, solving the biggest issues that if those issues were solved, it would impact the business forever, figuring out what are those top things that we must actually execute or implement now to stay ahead of the curve. And you do that on your monthly and or you know quarterly check-ins with the team. So, you know, that's kind of the way that I look at the integrator seat. Well, you know, I, that was actually kind of profound for me. What you just said kind of brought me back to the word because I've spent so much, I spent five years helping people understand the nuances and, and all that. And, you know, it's really a great sanity check. Okay, before we get to the five roles, let's just unpack the word integrator. And I said it a thousand times, glues the organization, harmoniously integrates the functions. And then what's the specifics? And then I kind of get lost in the specifics sometimes. So I think that's right. You have to look at the organization and is it glued together? Is it is it really harmoniously in, integrated to work together? And that's the that's what you need to figure out. It's not just about filling a seat; it is creating an outcome. Is this business harmonious? And that's all too often. And I experienced that in my organization. Like you know, oh my gosh, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing anymore. Sure. Who's going to figure that out? Who's going to go solve that problem? And then you also mentioned like, well, you know, fractional works great if you if you got great leaders in the other organization. Well, my experience is that if they're, if you're struggling with fractional to to get your way into the integrator, part of the reason you need that integrator is you actually have horrible leadership all across the organization and so that's the first problem you got to solve is getting at least one badass leader in your organization to kind of leg up on on executing as a as a as a harmonious integrated firm yeah man we've covered a lot what do we miss gosh i don't know um i think we have covered a lot and the beauty of a great visionary integrated relationship truly i believe is the top relationship that any entrepreneur needs to have and the visionaries that are able to understand what their unique ability is and where they should be spending their time and then hiring other people 
to do everything else is what I think sets apart the great visionaries and figuring out, hey, I got 40 hours a week or 30 hours a week, 70% of that time I should be doing boom, boom, and boom. And then understanding if I'm not, okay, where else am I spending my time? And usually it's in the managing of the people and the processes. And if they can right. get out, out right. from doing that, then they're in really good shape. Well, awesome, man. So uh, as we come to conclude here, what yeah. what is your passionate plea for entrepreneurs right now? Probably just sit down and think. Uh, make sure you're building a business that's going to ultimately get you what you want out of life. I think a lot of people, they become an entrepreneur by accident or they're just waking up and just serving their business that they're not figuring out a way to structure their business to serve them. What do you want your business to provide for you? Is it is it an income? Is it a lifestyle? If it's an income, how much income? Do you get that monthly? Do you get that quarterly, annually? How much time do you spend in your business? Is it 20 hours? Is it 40 hours? Is it 40 hours doing this amount of work or that amount of work. I think a lot of visionaries just don't sit down and really plan and think about what they're building and how to best build it to get them and their family what they want. So probably slow down to speed up is the thing that I would probably tell most visionary entrepreneurs and integrators. Know that there's just a few of you out there. You know, there's four visionaries for every one integrator. So if you're in an organization that that visionary isn't a core value fit, Go find another opportunity. Life's too short to work with people that don't meet your core values, but also be bold. If you're working with a visionary and they are doing some things that are jeopardizing their influence, be open and honest, have that fierce conversation with them. And you know, if they don't change, have plan B. Yeah, I love that. And I love both of those, those, those concepts. I mean, from the visionary perspective, those tough questions, I think ultimately the realization is that you can decide. You ha- you can change the outcomes of how much money, how much time, what do I do with this? And when you get the sense of influence, that's not always a comforting feeling because you now all of a sudden you're not having to just sort of play for maximum. You're having to figure out, well, what is the right amount of money? What are the costs of, of doing more or less? Sure. And you have the sense of power that puts a sense of burden of responsibility back on you that's not always like comfortable because like I now I have to know that some more answers <laughs> about like, what are the costs? How do, how's this going to play out? But I really love what you said about, you know, certainly from the integrator perspective, you know, fierce conversations, uh, have the guts, uh, play hardball because for, not for, for two main reasons. One is that, uh, the visionaries usually are wanting that craving that needing that. And, and, and maybe you don't even always look like they do, but they generally do want you mm-hmm. to push back hard enough. That's the whole point. They came with a passion idea and you need to push back passionately equally and opposite. So they know that you're serious like they are. And that's, that's what they want. But also to the extent that you uh, deserve to live your best life. And this, and sure. when you, when you need to be in the place where you, your superpowers are appreciated, uh, the stakes are high and you'll make a good impact there or somewhere else. Uh, so it's absolutely your, your key to unlocking your best life. Well, Casey, I'm super grateful for the time and uh, the conversation, and I'm sure we'll continue this and we'll talk in, in many other formats. Sure. Um, I'm, how does somebody find you? Somebody wants to kind of keep in touch with you, what's, no one, what's going on? How do they uh, continue the conversation? Sure thing. Yeah, just go to caseycavell.com. You can see what we're doing uh, with our business, Legacy 412, which is all about helping visionaries and integrators reach their fullest potential. And then we got a ministry that we were a part of there as well. So you can kind of learn about me and all of our businesses and our mission work over at caseycavell.com. Awesome, man. Well, that's our time for the day, uh, for today, rather. Um, 
but so if you like the episode, of course, share it with people who could use it because uh, that does nobody any good if people don't get to hear the stuff that's helpful for them. Uh, but also give us the feedback, uh, like, dislike, send us information, feedback, uh, positive and negative. Uh, we love every little bit of it. Uh, it always helps us do better, and we're grateful for every piece of it. Uh, until then, we will see you next time on You're Doing It Wrong with me, Mark Anderson. This is You're Doing It Wrong with Mark Henderson Leary. For more episodes and to subscribe, go to leary.cc.